Good morning, Chicago. You're listening to Inspirational Perspective. I'm your host, Linnell Harris, your very own life coach right here on WVON 1690 AM, the talk of Chicago. Inspirational Perspective on your radio is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. So as I ask you every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time, are you living the best life possible? And this is the place to be to explore that possibility. Well, good Sunday morning, February 25th, 7.09 a.m. Time is moving. March is three days away. Which means that one will be stepping into the third month of the year in a moment. But on a personal level for me, that means I'll be in Africa in eight days on the ground in West Africa. Or for you Black Panther fans, Wakanda. <laughs> um, but really, Ghana. And uh, man, I'm so excited about this. I'm, I'm excited about this opportunity for a lot of reasons, but then black Panther came out and took that excitement to a, a whole nother level. And today I want to explore a little bit about black Panther, this mega movie blockbuster hit. We could say that now about black Panther. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, but I also want to talk about this journey I'm taking back to Africa because I talk a lot about identity and purpose on the show, but I'm not necessarily sure that everyone understands the journey that I've gone on in terms of my own personal identity and purpose. So from that perspective, I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about, you know, why Africa right now and uh, what this means for me and potentially what it means for you, because I'm actually working with a journalist here in Chicago that you all know. We're shooting a documentary over there on black identity, a return to Africa. So we'll talk more about that. But first, let me tell you this, right? And I say this at the beginning of every show. I always do a goal check, a resolution check. And why? Because I'm still working on my goals. My New Year resolutions were transformed into goals. And because they were transformed into goals, I'm still working on them. All right. Now, if you for some reason, have abandoned everything that you said you would do in 2018, this message right here is for you. I want you to go to my website, slayergoals.com, download the book for free, and read the book because I'm going to tell you something. There is no agenda more important than your personal agenda. And I know right now many of you who have jobs working in corporate America, the goals are set for 2018. You're working them. But what about you? What about your personal agenda? What about your corporation? When I say your corporation, I'm talking about me incorporated. You incorporated. What about that? So you can go to slayyourgoals.com to learn more about that. And if this is your first time tuning in, go to the Inspirational Perspective Facebook page. I mean, you can also follow me on social media at Linnell Harris. The name is spelled L-I-N-A-L-H-A-R-R-I-S. All right, well, let's get into the show because I got a lot of things I want to cover. And if there is any challenge, it's going to be getting through all the material. So let's talk about 
today's topic. And I definitely want to hear from you guys. So those of you on Facebook Live, those of you on Periscope, welcome. Thank you for being here. I definitely want to want to hear from you. Good morning to you all. If you're listening and you're social media savvy, then you can join us as well on Facebook Live and Periscope. Again, my name is Linnell Harris. You just go there. The topic today, the lessons of Black Panther. I want to talk about that. Okay. I want to talk about the four pillars of life. I've been talking about this murder mediocrity summit that's coming up and the tickets are selling. And I want, especially those of you who listen to me every week, I want you to be there. I know that this will be valuable for you. Okay. But I mean, then at the end of the show, I'm going to talk about returning to Africa. But real quick about the summit. I told you all last week that I had a very special announcement to make. I was waiting for this individual to sign their contract <laughs> as a speaker, and they have. So I'm going to start the show with announcing that, and then we'll go on to, to Black Panther. But So I've already announced most of the speakers for the summit that's coming up. By the way, if you want to purchase tickets, you can go to www.murdermediocrity.com. You can go there. And purchase tickets. And by the way, they are 30% off. And they'll be 30% off through midnight tonight. Do not miss this. Okay. Now, here's the lineup. You guys heard Love McPherson. She came in and she talked about relationships. All right. Remember, this is about transformation. So she gave a lot of information, but she didn't necessarily talk about relationship transformation. She'll be talking about that at the summit. Okay. Max Apollo, he was here last week talking about working money. We just talked about his story. We talked about a few things in terms of life insurance and, and solidifying generational wealth, but he didn't talk about your ability to transform your relationship to work, transform your relationship to money. He'll talk about that at the summit, okay? And then also, Dr. Camila Stevenson. Dr. Camila Stevenson, she's a, a force to be reckoned with right here in Chicago. She is also the CEO and president of Healthy and Better. And she's going to teach us how to transform our health and well-being. By the way, shout out to the Healing Divine Herbs, the brother and sister who come on right before me. If you all don't listen to them, I mean, I know it's early, right? I'm listening because I'm in the car. I'm headed into the studio. But they drop so much knowledge about health and how to take natural herbs and fruit and vegetables to heal your body. Dr. Camila Stevenson is going to be talking about that, but she's also going to address one of the major things that many of us miss out in terms of our health. We're always thinking exercise, diet, exercise, diet, exercise, diet. And she's going to cover things that are much simpler than that, that will blow your mind. Dr. Camila Stevenson. So again, she'll be at the summit murdermediocrity.com to purchase tickets right now. They're 30% off. And, I'll have a special appearance from Chicago's own Damon Williams, comedian, actor, writer. You guys have seen him on the Kings of Comedy. He will be there, okay? When I tell you that this summit is an experience, right? I'm calling it the Murder Mediocrity Summit and Experience. I hope you believe me now. It's an experience. I am bringing in people who not only will give you an experience, okay, but will provide you information. That will transform your life. And then, of course, your very own Linnell Harris. I will be there as well. So, again, once again, if you want to purchase tickets, you can go to MurderMediocrity.com and use the 30 off discount code to get 30% off the tickets. 
I keep telling you guys they're not going to do anything but go up. <laughs> All right? So you got to midnight tonight to do that. I know a lot of you guys have already purchased your tickets for a lot less. Kudos to you. And uh, I'm looking forward to you all being there on March 31st for the summit. All right. So I got a call on Africa. So I'm going to take the call from Maurice. And then we're going to talk about the Black Panther. So if you got thoughts on the Black Panther, you need to go ahead and start calling me right now because I never get to all the phone calls. All right. And I got things that I want to share, too. Okay. Um, so, Maurice, how are you? Good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. I'm great, but I'd rather be rich. And if you want to ever break the ice with somebody, tell them that. It always opens the door for all kinds of discussions. Yes, it does, because you got me wanting to say some things right now. I'm one of the first callers uh, to your new program. And uh, since you mentioned you were a deep key diver with the scuba stuff. That's right. I gave you the scuba acronym. Right. I remember that. Okay. I'm so happy to hear, my brother, that you're going to the continent, birthplace of civilization, the richest piece of real estate on earth. Man. We're talking about the Garden of Eden here, brother. Yes, you are. And had we been properly educated, brother, instead of miseducated and brainwashed with this heat, dick, and Jane Run stuff, thousands, millions of us would be doing like you. We'd be pooling our trillion-dollar annual income here. We'd be developing stuff over there like the Chinese people are. So I'm praying for black people to study this continent, brother. It's awesome. Oh, man. St- well, study the continent, but study our history. Study our oh, yeah. our history. Oh, yeah. We also oh, yeah. have a, a very colorful, powerful history as well that's not taught. So, no question. So keep listening because when I talk about identity, and one of the reasons I'm returning to Africa, I say returning because I've been to Africa and I've been to multiple cities in Africa. Mm-hmm. But but when I went, I went as a tourist, as an explorer. You know, I went cage diving with white sharks down in southern Africa. Oh, yeah. by. oh boy, I bet so, that was exciting. Yeah. It was exciting. But at the same yeah. time, it was I just my eyes weren't open the way they are now. That was about 10 years ago. Okay. Okay, and okay. so I saw Africa as a place to go. Not as a home, mm-hmm. not as home. Mm-hmm. You see, you see the difference. Yes, sir. Well, we're learning, we're growing, and this yep. this, this this learning process is one that I like to quote Tupac. He said, "It doesn't stop till the casket drop." Right. Keep the faith you and too. the money in the family. Absolutely. Thank you for the phone All call, right. brother. All, All right. right. All right. Okay. All right, so we got a nice crowd here on Periscope, on Facebook Live. I think those of you who tune in on a regular basis are tuned in. Let's talk about Black Panther. Now, let me tell you right now, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, I've given you all multiple days. As a matter of fact, some colleagues of mine, they're talking about, man, we're going to start talking about Black Panther Monday of last week, okay? I waited. I waited. And so if you haven't seen it, now I'm not going to give away the movie, okay? But I do want to talk about Black Panther. I think we have to talk about Black Panther because there are so many levels and aspects to this movie that need to be explored. If you haven't seen it, keep listening because it will. Uh, when you watch it, I believe the five lessons that I share that we all need to heed from the Black Panther will resonate with you as you watch. And right now on the, on the uh, Facebook stream, people are saying Wakanda forever. That's one of them. I didn't put it down, but there is a different sense of unity in our community 
after having watched that. I've heard stories of people, uh, brothers and sisters who don't know each other, seeing each other and, uh, you know, putting up the salute sign with the arms across, you know, Wakanda forever and just walking by, right, greeting each other in a very different way. So in terms of the African-American experience, this movie has generated a lot of positive vibrations and energy. And um, I want to talk about that. Now, I just got a question on Facebook Live. They said, would you say that it's Oscar worthy? I would. To me, it's one of the best movies that has been made, right? And I'm not just saying that as a black man. I'm saying that in terms of the cinematography and the fighting scenes. There were things done that we haven't seen done. Like, for instance, he kept it rolling. There wasn't many. The director of the movie, he kept these scenes rolling, right? My wife broke that down for me. I didn't even realize it. But he kept those scenes rolling in a way that other people, they usually have to stop and cut, stop and cut, stop and cut. So, I mean, one, they can get it for cinematography. But then the costumes, I mean, the wear, to put it like this, they didn't seem like costumes, which I believe was the point of the individual who made the costumes, right? What they were wearing Look like things I would want to rock, okay, on a daily basis or just moving around. So, again, this movie, in a lot of ways, there's so many different parallels, aspects for us to explore. So if you have any, if you have thoughts about it, give me a phone call, 773-591-1690. But let me say this. For many of us, I don't think that we're shocked or surprised that Black Panther has taken the box office by storm. I think we knew this was about to happen. One, because we all talked to each other. Two, because we all knew we were going, okay? And we know we got dollars. And once again, if you don't know, African Americans have the third largest GDP in the world. So if we were a nation of people, that means that we will be ranked number three in terms of wealth, okay? In terms of our ability to move an economic or move an economic environment forward. All right. Now, the problem is we spend too much. Okay. We spend too much. Imagine if we held on to that and preserved it as wealth. And that's one of the things I want to talk about in terms of one of the lessons I took from Black Panther. But what is surprising to me about this movie is the depth of the movie. I mean, the depth. I, you know, I read the comic books. I've always been a Black Panther fan, okay? And I know the story had had depth to it. But how it was told on the screen really brought that depth to light. And that's something that you don't normally see in movies, right? A lot of times they leave some of the main pieces out. But the director of this movie, he did a phenomenal job bringing that in, but also bringing it into the dialogue. And the more I reflect on this movie the more that I really begin to see the powerful pieces of cinematography, but also the lessons that can be learned. And I've already found probably about 10 different lessons today. I want to share five. Okay. I just want to share five, but there are so many lessons. And after little over a week, all right, after little over a week to process this film, I have my five top lessons and the movie on Forbes. See, I got the article. I pulled it up just for the show. There's an article on Forbes that says that Black Panther tops lifetime gross of Marvel, DC, and X-Men movies. All right, so this is this is what this movie is doing. 
Okay. And it's something I think that as a community, we should be proud of. Now I got a question there from Daryl on Facebook and he said, Hey, you know, how do we take this vibration of positivity and keep it flowing through our community? And part of it, I believe is having dialogue just like this, Daryl, having conversations like this about what did you learn and how are you acting on what you've learned from this movie? Okay. Now I'm going to go in fashion with divine healing. You know, they just get off the air and I'm going to share my first lesson from this movie that some of y'all probably didn't pick up. Okay. You probably laughed when you heard it, but you might not have picked up the lesson. And that lesson is be thoughtful about what you eat. Now, if you've been following me for a while, if you, you know, listen to the show when it was at 10 o'clock on Saturday nights, you know that I've talked about this in depth. As a matter of fact, health and well-being is the first pillar of life in terms of the four pillars of life that I'll talk about later. So I'm not going to go into depth about that. But here's what I love where the movie talked about be thoughtful about what you eat. Now, you don't have to like Eric Killmonger, okay? <laughs> but he is a character that we can all learn from, all right? This brother, he had, to me, some of the best one-liners in the movie. All right, throughout the entire movie, his one-liners, I mean, they kept you at the edge of your seat. And one of the things he said when he was in the museum talking to the curator, okay, he looked at her. He was talking about the artifacts. You guys remember that? And he said, no, you know, this one right here, this is not from, uh, he said Benin, or no, it was Benin, not Togo. This one's not from Benin, um, by the way, which is right next to, to Ghana, okay? This is not from Benin. This right here is from Wakanda, and it's made of vibranium, right? So, And this is what I love. When experts look at someone who questions them like, what? Right? And then he went on to say, you got all this security in here watching you, but you're not checking for what you put in your body. Let me tell y'all something. That is something that we all can learn from. Now, we might have chuckled, right, when Killmonger's clever quip, when he said the clever clip and we realized what was happening to the lady, right? We're like, oh, he got her. Yet, the question becomes, are we falling for the same trick in real life? Are we falling for the same trick in real life? And, and let me tell you what I mean. Food in America is slowly killing us. And wait a second. Did I say food? Let's not even call it food. I'm going to say the stuff that we eat in America is slowly killing us. Okay? And let's be honest. If we took the time to read the ingredients of some of the things we eat, we could barely call it food. You could barely call it food because there's no food in it. It's phosphate that, isium this, isinate that, and I'm just putting the ends on some of the things that are on the ingredients of the stuff that we're eating on a regular basis, okay? But when it comes down to it, when it comes down to it, we can sit up and laugh at Killmonger's comment, okay? When he said, you got all these guards around you, but you're not even watching what you eat. But at the same time, we have to take note. We have to take note of what we are eating so that we in the real world don't fall victim to what the museum curator fell victim to. All right. Now, like I said, I'm a coach. 
I'm not here to say things that make you feel good. I'm here to share the truth and I'm here to help you improve your life, your quality of life. All right. Now, while many of us are deeply dissecting the many aspects and layers of the Black Panther movie, let me tell you something. I do hope we take a moment to fully digest this movie's jokes about food because there were multiple jokes about food. All right. For example, let me give you one more and then I'm going to go to a break. All right. Let me give you one more. When M'Baku, right, if you remember M'Baku, he was the chief of the Jabari tribe. When M'Baku told Agent Ross, remember, they, you know, they went in and Agent Ross was trying to talk and they kept barking over him. All right. They wouldn't let him talk. All right. And M'Baku looked at Agent Ross and he said, you cannot talk. One more word and I will feed you to my children. And then you heard the distant chuckles and laughter in the background from his soldiers. Right. And then he started laughing. (laughs) I'm just kidding. We are vegetarians. Now we laughed. We laughed at that. But I think you missed that these powerful warriors, these powerful, strong men, okay, were vegetarians. Did you catch that? After all, we are what we eat, you know. So I'm guessing that Wakandans were vegetarians. (laughs) So want to be Wakandan? What are you eating? What are you eating? That's lesson Number one, stay tuned for lesson number two. I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to cover lesson number two of what I took from the Black Panther movie. You listen to Linnell Harris. This is Inspirational Perspective right here on WBON 1690 AM, the talk of Chicago. Are you tired of your job but feel trapped by the paycheck? Are you grappling with your personal identity and who you really are? Are you looking for tips and tools that will enhance your life holistically? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then come to the first annual Murder Mediocrity Summit on Saturday, March 31st. Come to be educated, empowered, and emboldened in taking your life to the next level. At the Murder Mediocrity Summit, Linnell Harris and other powerful guest speakers will share insights on the four pillars of life, achieving your goals, how to stay committed no matter what, and so much more. You will dance, you will laugh, you will learn, you will cry. You will leave being inspired and motivated to live your best life. Go to MurderMediocrity.com and purchase your tickets to the Murder Mediocrity Summit on Saturday, March 31st. Purchase your tickets today. All right, we're back. Once again, you're listening to Inspirational Perspective. I'm your host. Linnell Harris, your life coach right here on WBON 1690 AM, the talk of Chicago. Okay, for those of you who just who are just joining, we're talking about the five lessons that I learned that I took from that we should all heed from the Black Panther movie. We just covered number one, which is we got to watch what we eat. Got to watch what we eat. If you missed that one, you can always check out the show and parts of the show that you've missed on YouTube at Linnell Harris. That's L-I-N-A-L. You can subscribe to me there. Um, You can also check it out on Facebook and the Inspirational Perspective Facebook page. All right. So let's 
talk about number two. Okay. And by the way, I start light and then it starts to get a little heavier. Okay. So were you like, Linnell, I really want you to bring it. Just wait. Just keep waiting. Okay. Number two. Number two is one of the things I learned. All right. And we were talking about this in the barbershop yesterday when I got my hair cut. We need support to improve. We need support to improve ourselves. Now, Linnell, what do you mean? Let me tell you something. If you didn't pick that up out the movie, I don't know what you were watching. Okay. But from the very beginning of the movie, you see that T'Challa has a dynamic support team. Okay. The Black Panther couldn't be the Black Panther without the people in the background all day long. All right. We all need support. So right from the beginning of the movie, it becomes clear that T'Challa is enhanced by his team. Even his baby sister, Shuri, reminds him of his need to constantly find ways to improve. And I quote her when I say, she said, how many times do I have to teach you that just because something doesn't something works doesn't mean it can improve? Right. And she was talking about his suit. She had developed a new suit. He was like, oh, the suit I have works. She was like, bro. But I made it better. And it's something for us to think about. Right. Because when something is working for us as human beings, we don't necessarily like change. We don't like change. But in order to improve, that means change is necessary. Change is always necessary. So then later. This lesson solidifies itself by his father during a short vision shortly after he was crowned king, right? So he had the fight with Mbaka. He's crowned king. And his father tells him in a vision, you will struggle. Surround yourself with people you trust. You will struggle, right? Now, we've heard the cliche saying life is hard, right? Let's be clear. Life can be challenging. It can be challenging. So to navigate the challenges of life, we should be surrounding ourselves with people we trust. Are you surrounded by people you trust? Are your friends, the people closest to you, people that you can trust? Can you trust them with your spouse? Can you trust them with your children? Can you trust them with your life? You know, some of us, man, we set ourselves up for stress and anxiety because we just haven't surrounded ourselves with the right people. Plain and simple. Now check this out. Here's the other thing that we can take away from this improvement piece, right? And you guys know as a coach, I'm all about self improvement. We all have room. We all have room for improvement. All right. Our humanity requires it. I mean, as human beings, It is necessary that we constantly push for improvement. So a question I have for you is what steps do you take daily to develop yourself? Like what steps do you take? What are you doing on a daily basis to develop yourself? Because a lack of development leads to atrophy, right? It leads to weakness. And you are either improving or you are eroding. It's one or the other, okay? You can't have it right down the middle. You are either improving your life, okay, or your life is eroding, 
right in front of you. Which one are you doing? Right. That's number two. Number two is we need support to improve ourselves. So do you have the support? And are you constantly looking for ways to improve yourself? All right. And one of the ways we improve ourselves is through our inputs. So those of you who are listening, good for you. All right. Because this show, the purpose of this show is about self-improvement, not just for you, but also for me. I was sharing with one of my clients. They're like, hey, man, where do you get the messages for the show? How do you come up with topics? And I'm like, most of the time it's things that I'm struggling with, things I'm trying to convince myself of. Right. So I'm telling you right now, Linnell Harris is not perfect. Not perfect. Now, I've been blessed with a talent to teach. I've been blessed with a certain amount of wisdom that I share. But at the same time, I'm taking the same stuff I talk about and looking for ways to apply it to my own life. All right. Especially number three. So let's talk about number three. Number three is something that I'm still learning. I think all of us are still learning. We're going to be learning until we go to the grave. But number three in the lessons that I learned from the Black Panther movie is the stabilizing power of commitment. And I call it a stabilizing power. Okay, stabilizing power of commitment. One of the beautiful things about commitment is when you are committed, it becomes a foundational element in your life. Okay, now let me talk about the commitment I saw in the Black Panther, which the character to me that really embodied the definition of commitment was Okoye, T'Challa's general, right? So Okoye was T'Challa's general and bodyguard. And to me, she provided a chilling display of what it really means to be committed to something. All right. Now, even when things got tough, she remained aligned with her commitment and her oath. It didn't matter what the situation was. It didn't matter the circumstance. All right. She remained committed. Now, the commitment And this is the beautiful thing. The commitment was clearly visible when Nakia attempted. Nakia was the love interest of T'Challa and also a spy in Black Panther. Okay, when Nakia attempted to sway Okoye into leaving the cause uh, because of the new king, Killmonger. This was quickly shut down by Okoye. And this is what I love. She didn't have to think about it. She didn't obsess about it. She didn't say, well, give me another reason why I should or I shouldn't. She quickly shut it down and she said, I am loyal to the throne. No matter who sits upon it, what are you loyal to? So I am loyal to the throne no matter who sits on it. Then she looked at Nikki and said, what are you loyal to? Man, it makes us all ask ourselves the question, what are you loyal to? What are you committed to? Okoye's commitment to the throne of Wakanda provided a powerful parallel to what it means to be committed. Let me tell you, a powerful parallel to what it means to be committed. And Okoye's devotion didn't shift based on the situation. Her allegiance didn't change due to the circumstance. Now, let me sit there for a minute. Because one of the reasons many of us have breakdowns in our commitment is because of situation and circumstance. We're committed to a diet, but there was a party. (laughs) Okay. Hey, I'm about to break this down into this real life form and fashion when it comes down to commitment. Okay. 
We're committed to exercising, but we didn't get enough sleep, so I'm not going to get up, okay? Uh, but the baby woke up too many times, whatever it might be, right? We're committed. But then there's a breakdown as soon as a situation or a circumstance happens. Commitment, commitment, commitment. Hey, and I can tell, I'm looking at the numbers on Facebook, people dropping off. I'm talking about commitment. They like, ah, man. Uh, see, this is, commitment isn't sexy. It's not sexy. You know what's sexy? What's sexy is falling in love, all right? What's sexy is meeting somebody for the first time and telling them all the things that you're committed to. But when it comes down to the real, true commitment, when that person you fell in love with wakes up in the morning, you like, that's what you look like, but you married them, okay? When that person you're committed to or the commitment that you made is surrounded by circumstances and situations, that's when commitment's not sexy. But there's power in commitment. There is a deep power in being committed to something. When you are committed to something, doors start to open. And things start to move. That is the power of commitment. And Okoye's devotion was a good example of that. And check this out. This is a good one for us. Even when faced with the emotional conflicts of the heart, Okoye didn't waver. Remember on the battlefield when Wakobi asked, would you kill me, my love? And Okoye boldly answered back, for Wakanda, without question. For Wakanda, without question. So the question I have for you is, to what are you committed? Without question. Without question, you are committed to that thing. That's number three. That's number three. All right. So let's move to number four. All right. Number four, I call the labor of legacy. And I want you to listen to this one. I want you to listen to this one because creating a legacy is hard work. All right. And if it were easy, if creating a legacy was easy, then there'd be a lot more real life legends. All right. But we can keep track of our legends for the most part. Why? Because the billions of people that have passed before us, a lot of them did not leave unfortunately, did not leave a legacy. And the story of T'Challa as Black Panther carefully observed this truth. And one quote that really stood out for me came from King T'Chaka, T'Challa's father, when he said, a man that has not prepared his children for his own death has failed as a father. A man that has not prepared his children for his own death, has failed as a father. That's T'Chaka. Now, as a new father, those words really stuck with me. Let me tell you, they really stuck with me. And it hurts my heart, even now, to think of the man I have personally known, personally known, who were great in this life. When they were alive, they were great but died in the shadow of shame due to leaving their families in poverty. It hurts my heart, man. How does the simplicity of solidifying one's legacy 
and the welfare of their offspring elude so many of us. Why does that happen? Now, I told you, you, you guys know I'm not a surface guy. So if I'm telling you I'm taking lessons from the Black Panther, I'm going to go deep. And I want you to listen to me. One of the lessons that we see in that movie right in front of us is the labor of legacy. How are we going to use that lesson to shift the legacy that we leave for our children? There was an article in The Atlantic that talked about African-American wealth and how the generation right before us, the baby boomers, have established a different level of wealth than was ever achieved by African-Americans. Yet, yet their children are not inheriting that wealth. We are not establishing legacy. We're allowing the legacy to die with us. Why? I'm going to point to why. I believe the reason the simplicity is solidifying our legacy, our life's legacy, is it has a lot to do with always thinking of right now. Always thinking of instant gratification. Because the simplicity of solidifying our legacy really comes down to things like Life insurance. It comes down to things like a will and a living trust. But for some reason, that eludes so many. And like I said, I know men who have been great, who have been great. And they pass on. And then later I find out that for some reason or another, right, They didn't leave their family with life insurance. They have a GoFundMe account to get buried, you know, and that's a that's basically, in my opinion, the fastest way to eliminate legacy and the hard work that we put into our lives. All right. All right. So I got number five. I'm going to cover number five. But first, let me check in. Uh, I got Mama D on the phone. Mama D, how are you? I'm enjoying your program for one thing. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're more than welcome. Right off the right off the bat, I like the fact that it was not people of color panther. It mm. was not black and brown panther. It was black panther. Yeah. So I, I love I love that. But last yesterday, I was at the homegoing service of uh, Lerone Bennett Jr. Uh-huh. And you, you mentioned not preparing our children. Right. One thing I, I noticed that was very sad to me was you could count the children almost on one hand. Mm. The people that was attending the service were elderly people like myself, you know, right, right. descendants of uh, crimes against humanity, Jim Crow, genocide survivors and Native Black Americans. Uh-huh. So it is important to know who we are. But it was, they, at one point in the service, they had all the Mohawk men come to the front, and they sung, they they, they sang their little Mohawk song. Okay, okay. And it had that, it had that barking in it. Ah. Like, like, like when, yeah. when when the guy was shut down, ooh, 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 they started, they, they barked him out. Uh-huh, I re- he, yep. <laughs> Shut up. So, so what they did, 
I looked at the crowd of the Mulhouse men that were there, and I did not see one that appeared to be under the age of 35 or was part of the new millennium. Mm, So what you're saying is very key. We have not prepared our children, and that's why I'm working very diligently to put the days of respect that will capture the three key principles of the movement Mm. on the school calendar. They're Mm going to be wearing the color green. Okay. On the school calendar, and that's about Irish unity and reinforcing Irish children. So if we wore our colors to reinforce the three key principles of the movement. Anyway, can't go into that now. It is 38 days before the 50th anniversary of Prophet MLK Jr.'s assassination. So I'm encouraging, I'm on on a fast from a 40 day fast, so it's 38 days left. A fast from hate, the spirit of hate mm. and fear mm. and violence. And I'm encouraging everybody, can we get ourselves together? Because we can be wrong. Well, that's what I liked about the movie, too. He mm-hmm. told his, his father, you were wrong. You were wrong. And he committed to the wrong thing. But Mama D, guess what? Did you see his father strike back at him or disagree with him? No, I didn't. He, 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 you submit to the truth like you submit like to the truth. Submitted to the throne. Yep. Whoever sits on that throne, so that's who I'm committed to. So his father was committed to the truth when it was brought to him. Yep. And that's something else we can learn to be with the truth when it's brought, no matter how it makes us feel. Absolutely. Be with the truth. And the fact that they were able to change and create a better world. You know, I, I, I can't be committed to marriage when there's all this stuff going on with my people. Mm. You know, I mm-hmm. love you, but I love justice and what is right. And instead yeah. of fighting to be right, we instead of fighting to be right, we can fight for what is right. That's right. I'm encouraging everybody to wear black on the outside on April 4th and love in your heart. So wear black and love, but fast away and check yourself out. Probably first in moral excellence, generosity, and in love. Awesome. So thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the call. All right, Mama D. And it sounds like Mama D knows what she's committed to. So I appreciate that phone call. Thanks so much. All right, so that was number four, the labor of legacy. Now, I got one more piece for you in terms of the labor of legacy. Now, I went on my spiel about life insurance, will, and living trust and preserving our wealth, okay? Now, it's not just the lessons we teach our children as fathers and mothers that matter, all right? It's not just that. It's also the example we set with our actions that will prepare them to follow those lessons, And I can hear some excuses. I can hear some excuses coming from you all right now. Certain people saying, well, I didn't have that example, Linnell. I didn't have an example to follow. There's so much I don't know. Right. And for you, I share Nakia's words to to T'Challa as he grappled with the hidden truth about his father. And what she said to him is you cannot let your father's mistakes define you. You cannot let your father's mistakes define who you are. You get to decide what kind of king you're going to be. So this morning, what kind of king will you be? To my sisters, what kind of queen will you be? You get to define it. You get to say. 
But when it comes to the labor of legacy, that is the work we must do. All right, I'm going to take Art's call, and then we're going to move to number five that you definitely want to hear. All right? So, Art, how are you? You're on the air. Good morning, young man. How are you, sir? I'm well. Well, I haven't seen the movie, but just from some experience, and you were talking about legacy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of legacy is really based on not just economics, based on personal relationships and how you deal with people because they're the ones who are going to expand on what your thoughts uh, and how you govern your life. That's a great perspective. So that's going to uh, move forward. Something mm-hmm. else that I keep people relating to Dr. King and different things. Right. And they keep talking about violence in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they haven't forgotten the very concept of America and this freedom we have was built on what everybody keeps saying is a big problem. Yep. was built yep. on violence. Yeah. Conquering. Yeah. The movie show violence. I'm not sure what people were watching, and I didn't see. I just saw a little episode, but they say mm-hmm. it was superheroes and people were fighting. Um, so basically to obtain some power and to uh, will things in a direction where it is peaceful mm-hmm. is not going to be given to you. No, you got to take it. It is going to be some violence. And mm-hmm. then last point, people continue to say about Dr. King his philosophy of love and and all these very different things. But at the end of the day, someone shot Dr. King in the head. It was violence. Mm. 1963 and to this present day is violence. Uh, I think violence is necessary when someone tries to hurt you. I don't think it's something we should use, but if it's necessary mm-hmm. to obtain peace, it's going to happen. So I think that people taking this whole love thing, love fest, black people, um, that's just not how it's going to come about. So if you think you're going to love your way to your enemy, then you didn't watch the movie. May God bless. All right. Okay. Interesting perspective from Art. He's saying that there's a com. you know, it sounds like what you were saying is a combination of the both. Love is a powerful force though, Art. It is a powerful force. And it, it may not be, you know, I think as human beings, we were geared towards instant gratification and violence often gives us that instant gratification. But there's a consequence. When you think about America and what it was founded on, it was founded on violence, the uh, extermination of Indians, the slavery of Africans. And America's paying for that now. And I believe this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. So that's one of the reasons why we have some of the violence that we have, because we've taken love and prayer out of the schools and we've entered in this this new way of being that begets violence so all right uh, for those of you who want to give us a phone call 773-591-1690 we're at the top of the hour going into the eight o'clock hour i'm going to cover number five of the lessons to heed from the Black Panther. But then also we're going to talk about the four pillars of life and ask where are you how is your table standing when it comes to the four pillars? If those four pillars were four legs, would your table be wobbly or would it be solid? Because when it comes to living the best life possible, those four pillars of life are very very important. All right, then we'll talk a little bit about the summit and then I'm going to share a little personal piece about my journey my return back to Africa at the end of the eight o'clock hour. So make sure that you stay tuned and keep listening. This is where we come to get motivated, inspired, 
and to learn lessons about how to live the best life possible. You've been listening to Linnell Harris. This is Inspirational Perspective on WBON 1690 AM, the talk of Chicago. We'll be right back. We're back. You're listening to Inspirational Perspective. I'm your host, Linnell Harris, your very own life coach right here on WBON 1690 AM, the talk of Chicago. All right. So in the first hour, we talked about uh, the lessons that I took from Black Panther, the, the lessons that we can all heed from Black Panther. And so I covered four of them. I had five. And so I'm going to start this hour with the fifth. But but then after that, stay tuned, because I'm going to talk about the four pillars of life. And if you're not sure about what the four pillars of life are, this is a breakdown of the major categories that we need to be always taking inventory of in our lives. OK, and I'm going to talk about those four major categories. And like I said before, I look at them as legs. All right. And so if you have a table, a table has four legs and that table is not flat. It's not solid unless all four of those legs are the same length the same strength okay and so the question will become are the four pillars in your life the same length the same strength in terms of your well-being and your health your relationships your work and money and then your purpose and spirituality those are the four pillars all right so we'll talk a little bit about that and then at the end of the show i just want to share a very personal piece about the opportunity i have coming up next week to return to africa Okay. Uh, speaking of which, next week, so I told you Damon Williams will be at the Murder Mediocrity Summit. So there will be an interview with him. I don't know many of you know he's been 25 years as an entertainer. And so we'll talk about what it takes to, to be in the industry that long, to be successful that long. But also he'll be sharing his gift of comedy with us at the summit. So when I say the Murder Mediocrity Summit is an experience, Again, I'm telling you, it's an experience. It's going to be a phenomenal day. And again, you can go to MurderMediocrity.com to get those tickets. And if you use the 30 off code, you'll get 30% off. All right. So Black Panther, number five. Number five on my list of lessons to heed. The cost of abandoning family. The cost of abandoning family. Now. To truly believe that you are strong, all right, if you believe that you are strong, all right, then you must believe that your brother and your sister are strong. Why? Because they came from the same source, all right? They came from the same source. So if I believe, I'm going to make this real personal for a moment, all right? So for those of you, who listen to me 
Just bear with me, okay? But if I believe as a man, as a black man, that I am strong, that my ethnicity, my heritage, my culture makes me strong, then I must also believe that my sister and my brother, I'm not just talking about immediate, all right, but my sister and my brother are strong too. So to abandon my sister or my brother or to abandon their seed is to abandon my own strength. All right. Now, again, I'm talking about the Black Panther, and I think a lot of us, we may have missed this lesson. Now, this was the sin of our African forefathers that sold their brothers and sisters into slavery. And this is the same as the sin of T'Challa's father, T'Chaka, who abandoned his nephew. The cost of our forefathers' sin led to the pillage, the rape, and the colonization of Africa. And Africa has been fragmented and weakened when her people were stolen and sold away to the Americas. Okay. Now, what is the parallel to Black Panther? Well, just as T'Chaka's sin nearly cost his son, T'Challa, his life, and destabilized Wakanda. After abandoning her family, Africa has paid a large debt. And here's the thing that we need to learn from. Zuri, the political figure of Wakanda, the one who crowned T'Challa king. When T'Challa approached him, and it was more than approach, when he basically forced him to tell him what really happened. Zuri said, and the child, we left him. We had to maintain the lie. So even now, across the globe, lies are being maintained. Our leaders maintain these lies, even though they are ripping out the seams of our social fabric as human beings. They maintain the lie. And let me tell you something. Many of us who think we're woke, you think you're woke, but you don't know the lie. Let me run the parallel. Let me run the parallel to Black Panther. When Eric Killmonger walked in that throne room, only one person really knew who he was. That was the king. Everybody else, even though they were chiefs and chieftains and chiefesses, even though they had power and status, they were not aware of the lie. And because of their lack of awareness, there was a consequence. Today, there's a lie being maintained. It's maintained in our schools. When our children go to learn history, and it starts with slavery. It's maintained in the media. When they unveil pictures of Nefertiti, and she's 
light-skinned. It's maintained in history where they tell us that Egyptians (laughs) weren't black. Lies are being maintained, okay? And it's having an impact on the psyche of people that look like me, people that look like you. And it's time out for maintaining the lies. It's time to stop maintaining the lies. That's why I'm saying this on the air. Hey, no consequence. It's the truth, okay? Any historian knows that Egyptians were brown, right? But we got movies that maintain the lie. You have to ask yourself the question of why is it 2018 and brown folks are just now getting a movie that resonates with them when a plethora of movies have been made about Egypt. Didn't resonate with us. Why? Because the people didn't look like us, even though we know that historically they did. This is the first time. Maybe it's a wake-up call to Hollywood that maintaining the lie, there's no profit in maintaining the lie. But nonetheless, at the end of the day, the lesson to learn is the cost of abandoning family. So let me go deeper into that. So Zuri said, in the child we left him, and we had to maintain the lie. And yes, across the globe, lies are being told. But all men and women have a birthright of freedom. They have a birthright of freedom and deserve unfiltered equity. No matter the color, no matter where they're from, we are all, listen to me, we are all sisters and brothers. So if we are all sisters and brothers, will you abandon your family? Will you abandon your family? And I'm going to leave the Black Panther lessons with this quote. It's a polarizing quote, and it's something for us all to think about. And I think it, I think it's great that it comes from Killmonger himself, where he said, y'all sitting up comfortable, must feel good. It's about two billion people all, all over the world that look like us, but their lives are a lot harder. What will we do? Who will we be? And what will we do? Will you declare the truth or will you maintain the lie? All right, so those are the lessons that I took from Black Panther. If you have thoughts, 773-591-1690, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Okay. All right, well, let's switch gears real quick. Let's talk about how to live the best life, how to live the best life. And I, I know I just dropped a deep one on you with the, you know, abandoning our families. But let me tell you, if there's anything in our community that, that is hurting us, it is, one, the man's ability to abandon his seed. Two, all of our ability, man and woman the ability to abandon the seed of others, right, to see the child and not do anything about it, we're losing that sense of community. And it's that sense of community, it's that thread that will strengthen us, right? That's why I sit on a board for the Blue Light Foundation because I know that the more that we can do for the community, the more we can do to enhance the community, the better community it will be for my son, all right? He won't have to fight his cousin. Okay, y'all get where I'm going? They can rule together. They can be partners. All right, so let's talk about the four pillars. Okay, once again, first pillar, 
health and well-being. Second pillar, relationships and love. Third pillar, work and money. And the fourth pillar, purpose and spirituality. And I'm just going to tap these, right? And the reason I'm tapping is because I want to talk a little bit about the Murder Mediocrity Summit coming up. I've had uh, different speakers come in. I've interviewed them. I've gotten phenomenal feedback. And first, let me give you some history, okay? When I first got into coaching, well, first, let me tell you how I got into coaching. So I got into coaching. I, I started writing the blog, Inspirational Perspective, about in 2011, okay? And after writing the blog, the blog began to, after some consistency and commitment, the blog began to grow, and that led to the radio show. By the way, today, actually the 23rd of February, I celebrated five years on the air at WVON. How about that? My five-year anniversary uh, today, on, I mean, on the air, the, February 23rd, but really, this is my five years on the air. So I'm celebrating five years as of today. And all of that came from the work I did, the declarations I made going into coaching. But So let me tell you how I got into coaching. I got into coaching. Someone from the blog wrote me, said, hey, you sound like an ontological coach. I was like, onto what? What is ontological? Now, for those of you who don't know, ontology is the science of being, who you're being, who you're being in different aspects, parts of your life, who you're being with yourself and self-love, who you're being with others in relationships, who you're being with money who you're being at work, who you're being in purpose, who you're being with your spirituality, okay? And um, so I found out about ontological coaching, and this thing, you know, it tickled my fancy. I'm like, wow, this is interesting. This is, you know, people coming together, basically studying the behavior of humans and how to shift, how to transform that behavior. I want some of that. So I went. I went to a workshop. I went to an observation. By the way, Some of you are being invited to things that you're interested in, but you don't go because in order to go, you have to push against resistance. When you don't push against resistance, you change the course of your life. I just want to say that because that morning I had plans. I had a basketball game to go to, and I came after basketball to that observation, and that observation changed my life. I would not be on the air if I hadn't gone. All right, let's be clear. It changed my life. Sometimes there's one thing, one thing for you to do. It could be going to the summit on March 31st, 2018. There's something deep in your spirit telling you to go, but you let your finances, $67, $50, whatever the price of the ticket may be, you let your finances get in the way, and then you go spend that money on something else you don't even need. You'll spend it on breakfast today. Talking about, oh, well, it's too expensive. And the thing that can change your life, the thing that can transform your life, you'll pass up. You will pass up. So again, push past resistance. But I pushed past resistance. I went to this workshop. And by the way, that was pushing past resistance, number one. And at the workshop, they said, Linnell, what do you want to create? What do you see is possible in your life with this work? If you were to take the work of coaching, the skill set that coaches acquire, and you took this skill set, What would you do with it? And so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, and I told the the gentleman who was my coach for quite some time, his name is Rodney. Actually, he'll be at the summit. And I told him, I said, well, if I had the skill set of a coach, 
if I went through this training and I acquired all the things that this training would provide me, I would put together a summit and an experience for my community. I would put together an experience that would assist in the transformation of their lives. Because I knew my purpose when I went into coaching, all right? I knew my purpose purpose was to help myself and others live the best life possible. And I wanted to do that. I always wanted to do that on a large scale to help people transform their lives. That was that was a passion that I had, um, that I still have, okay? And so at that workshop, we built out the framework for the Murder Mediocrity Summit. And it was called that, all right? The Murder Mediocrity Summit. This is before Murder Mediocrity was a brand. It's before it was on apparel. It was before it was trademarked, before it was registered. We built out the Murder Mediocrity Summit all those years ago, okay? And for years up to now, I've been working and building the skill set to deliver a summit and an experience that can transform people's lives. That is why I'm holding this summit. I'm not holding it because, you know, I I had a, a good idea at the end of last year to do a summit. No, this is something that I've been nursing for years. Okay. This is a seed that has been growing for years. And March 31st is the birth of that seed. And that's one of the reasons why I'm pushing so hard for you all to be there. So again, to buy tickets, you can go to murdermediocrity.com. All right. By the way, I got a free ticket to give away. I got a free ticket to give away. So I tell you what, I'm going to give the ticket to the third caller that calls in to share what they've gotten from the program. I'm going to give a free ticket. You can call 773-591-1690. The third caller who calls in and shares what they've gotten from today's program. All right. And I'm watching the boards right now. The boards are clear. So the third person to pop up, 773-591-1690, I will give a free ticket to the summit. All right? And, again, for those of you who just want to buy tickets, you can go to murdermediocrity.com. But, again, so that's why I got – that's why the summit is here. And that's one of the reasons why I'm I'm about to talk about the four pillars of life. All right? Phone calls are coming in. Hey, be the third, 773-591-1690. Don't slip. Don't slip. Okay. All right, so let's let's talk about health and well-being. There we go. There we go. They're coming in. Love it. Love it. All right, so let's talk about health and well-being and why this is one of the pillars of life and one of the things that we're going to talk about in depth at the summit. All right? Now, 75%, listen to me, 75% of all deaths in the United States are attributed to just 10 causes. 75% of the deaths in the United States are attributed to 10 causes. Now, I want you to think about something before I share these 10 causes. If people are dying from these things, that means people are living with these things. If people are living with these things, that means they're not living the best life. And one of the things that actually allows that actually allows us to live the best life is taking phenomenal care of our health, but it's the knowledge. The thing that is missing is the knowledge. The speaker I have coming to the summit 
is going to share knowledge that doesn't necessarily push you all the way towards, oh, you got to change your diet dramatically. Doesn't push you all the way towards you got to exercise. And by the way, those are things you got to do. But she's going to talk about elements that we miss, pieces that we miss, easy, small pieces to the puzzle that if you take if you take steps in these areas, it can transform your health. It can completely transform your health. So here are the top 10 leading causes of death in the United States of America that come to that 75 percent. One, heart disease. Two, cancer. Three, chronic lower respiratory disease. All right. The ability to breathe. Four, accidents. Right. So think about that. People are dying from health related stuff before they die from accidents. All right. Five, Alzheimer's. By the way, the food we eat is causing Alzheimer's. Let's be clear. It's the food. If you want to be able to maintain a healthy brain, then you need to come to the summit and understand how food is impacting your brain's ability to restore itself, those cells to restore themselves. And you get older, you can't remember who you are and who your loved ones are. See, it starts right now, folks. It starts investing in yourself right now. I tell people all the time who want to who wanna hire me as a coach, I tell them, I say, look, hey, I hope y'all not hanging up for this ticket. You better stay, stay on. I'm watching, okay? I tell people all the time who are hiring me as a coach, like, don't get caught up in right now, the investment right now. What you need to be thinking about is how coaching will change your life. And when you look back on your life at the age of 80, at the age of 90, and you look back on your life and you say, yeah, at the age of 40, the age of 50, the age of 30, I made a decision to shift my life, to get coaching, to go to the summit. That transformed my life in a way that gave me more years, that that gave me a different level of vibrancy, that allowed me to live the best life. That's what I'm up to. That's my purpose. Number seven, diabetes, a influenza, flu, folks. The flu is taking people out because they're not strong. Number nine, kidney disease. Number 10, suicide. Now, you might say, well, Linnell, suicide ain't suicide is not food. Oh, let me tell you. Some people are depressed because of their diet. Some people are depressed because of their diet. So let me put this in perspective. Those top three groups, the people who are dying from those top three groups, all right, if we were to put them on a plane, that means that four jumbo airliners would fall out the sky every day. That's how many people are dying from heart disease, from cancer, and from chronic lower respiratory diseases. Four jumbo airliners falling out the sky every day. Do you think we wake up? Do you think we wake up? I think so. I think we wake up. But because we don't see the explosions, because we don't see the planes falling, we ignore the food. We're going to talk about that at the summit. All right, Mike, how are you? Mike, you there? Is Mike there? You on the line? Mike was the winner. Looks like we're going to have another winner. Mike, you on the line? Oh. Um, if he is on the line, I can't hear him. 
Hey, Patrick. Okay. All right. I'm hanging up. That means I'm going to the next one. I'm going to the next one. Sal, you're on the line. How are you? I can't hear him either. Something's going on with the board there. They said one second. All right. They're resetting the board. All right. So, Mike, if you're listening, call back in. If you don't call in, that means, Sal, you hold because you're going to get the tickets, brother. So I'm putting you on hold. I'm putting Sal on hold. All right. Okay. I mean, those of you who are called in, don't hang up. I still want to hear from you. I still want to hear from you. All right. So health and well-being, pillar number one. All right. Keela Harris, my sister, she put on, on Facebook Live. She says, wait a second. Guns are not the top 10 cause of death in the United States? No, they're not. They're not. Okay. Heart disease, cancer, chronic lower respiratory disease. The top three right there. Okay. Where is it coming from? It's coming from the food. Let me tell you something. We're marching on Washington because of guns. Hey, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I think we, there needs to be steps taken for gun control, gun control. I believe that. Okay. I believe there's certain steps. It's too easy for you know, folks who got problems to get them. But while we're looking at deaths, if you really want to get jacked up and upset about deaths, there are people dying because the USDA is saying it's okay to put certain stuff in your food. There are people dying because the CDC is saying it's okay for them to put certain things in your medicine. I'm just saying, if you are trusting blindly what you are putting in your mouth, you are in error. And I'm telling you today, okay, as someone who loves and cares about you, it's time for us to wake up. You know, they're saying black folks stay woke, stay woke about what you're eating. I can go into that deeper, but I'm just going to go into the next thing. I'm going to talk about relationships. So let's talk about relationships and love because that's the second one. All right. Before I do that, can I get sale on the air? Um, and Mike, if you're out there, man, because of the problem we had, I'll, I'll give you a ticket too. All right. Sale, you on the air? Nope. Not yet. We still having problems. Hello. Oh, Sal, How are you? Yes, sir. <laughs> how are you? Okay. Oh man. Listen, I wasn't calling in for a ticket, but that's just how God will do you sometimes. Okay. Okay. Um, well, can can you be there on March thirty first? Oh, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. All right, brother. I was I had made up my mind, you know, that I was going to pay, but I didn't know a ticket was the possibility of a free ticket was involved. But okay. Again, thank, okay. Thank so, you so much. So you know what? I already offered the ticket, but they said Alan Winston is the caller. That's what my technical producer was. So Alan, stay on the line. I'm gonna talk to you. But Sale, Sale, you and I've talked before, so you know what? This is an opportunity for us to finally meet. So you come to the summit, brother. Absolutely. So thank I'm tell you much. what. I'm gonna put you on hold. Um, well, first I want to hear what you have to say, and then I'll put you on hold so you can give the, uh, you can give Patrick your information, but what did you want to share? Well, two things. One, you mentioned one of the, the, uh, four anchors. Yep. Pillars. Uh, uh, pillars. Thank mm-hmm. you. You had spirituality and, and, and something else together. And I was wondering if you don't have that spirituality before you meet somebody, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. might end up not. Don't want to say it. Not finding somebody that is aligned <laughs> with your spirit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the the other is that, you know, my whole thing is encouraging us not to tolerate as much filth as we do in our communities. But mm-hmm. my message is that the cleansing process starts from the inside mm. yep. and it extends yep. out. Yeah. Yeah. And it um, it responds to that question, which is, which has more of an influence on you? Is it your perimeter or your parameter? Mm, 
Mm. Does your parameter determine your perimeter, the quality of your perimeter, or does your environment determine? What's your answer to that, Sel? What what would you say? I I, I know, know, yeah, both. both, They influence both. Yeah, absolutely. And so I work on both of them. Mm -hmm. I've tried to do a, a filth summit in which I have tried to define filth, what is it, Mm-hmm. And going to the, the evil influences that filth has on us as a walking being, as a living being. It creates but, havoc. It creates havoc. I don't think we to, I don't think we realize that. That our right. our environment creates it has a lot to do with who we are. Absolutely. So Absolutely. you're dead on, Sal. You're dead on. Now, was there anything else you want to share? Because, you, you know, your points are good. <laughs> well, being dead on doesn't necessarily mean that you bring life to something unless you get about the business of doing what you feel you've been called to do. And that's, and that's where I'm, I'm stagnated. Oh, then coming to the summit's going to be on point for you, my brother. Thank you. Yeah, that will be on point. So, all right, I'm going to put you on hold. I'm gonna get, Patrick's going to take your information, and then we'll issue you a ticket via email, okay? All right, and then we have the winner, Alan Winston. Alan, how are you, man? Fantastic. I'm a cancer survivor. The reason I'm still on the planet is to network with you and teach people how to be healthier, wealthier, wiser, live longer, and be stronger. We have a spiritual connection from the beginning. When you were at the Legacy Room years ago, Mm. I was there, but cancer was slowly robbing me of virility and strength. And I just couldn't stay alert, couldn't stay awake. And gradually it got me down for five years. Wow. Now I'm coming back stronger. The Creator has told me my purpose is to be alive and teach people about the very things that you're talking about now. Nice. Because all these diseases, many of them are self-inflicted. Yes, yes, many of them are self-inflicted. You are 100% correct. Alan, I cannot wait to meet you at the summit, and I'll, I'll make an effort to make sure that we meet and uh, have a have an opportunity to connect. I'm happy that you are uh, you had that opportunity to win. I'm going to put you on hold so Patrick one can more, take down. One more All right, quick go, okay, go ahead, go ahead. One more quick footnote. Mm-hmm. When this was coming down on me, I was listening to you on the radio all the time, right? Mm-hmm. The last train that left and went out the red line I was talking to you that night on the train, okay? okay? I reached out and touched bases with you. But the cancer didn't really have me down then. Then the first train ride also, when they reopened it, I heard that as well and talked to you on the first train, train ride. Wow. And I had a premonition that the train was moving too fast. Some people missed their blessings because they mm. moved too fast. Yeah. I'm looking forward to meeting them. You're awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Alan Winston. And, uh, Thank you. Yep. And he's on hold. So, Patrick, he's on hold so you can grab his information. All right. Wow. Phenomenal. Phenomenal phone call. Okay, Richard. Richard, you, you didn't win the ticket, but you said you want to share what you've learned from the show so far. So, please, by all means. So, uh, Brother Linnell, one, I'm coming to the summit anyway. Okay. That week is spring break for CPS students. Mm-hmm. And I'll be doing my annual SAT boot camp that week, okay, Monday through Friday. So I'll need some uh, refreshment and revitalization yeah. by the time Saturday rolls around. All right, all so right. I'll be there anyway. 
And so um, what I've learned from the show, first of all, I called you on the first show in the new extended format. Okay, okay. We talked about the 10 things that we were going to focus on or the 10 things that we were going to focus on for last year. Yeah, 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 top 10 observations is right. Yeah, and so I've just been following the show, man. I don't call in every week Mm -hmm. because I'm busy, you know, grinding myself, you know. Right, right. But I just love the show. I love the format. I love the positivity of of the show. I think that you're right on point with the things that you're bringing up. I've enjoyed the guest, Ernest Fenton, the brother mm-hmm. that you had on talking last week. The Max young Apollo. man you had on yep. talking about money last yep. week. Yep. You know, I listen to the show faithfully now. Awesome. And I just wanted to say that you keep up the good work, man. I look forward to meeting you on the 31st because I will be there. Awesome. Awesome. So, I'll be happy to happy to have you and happy to meet you, my brother. Certainly. All right. Thanks so much, so much for the phone call. Okay. Man. Hey, so Sal brought up something in terms of relationship where he said hey shouldn't you know your purpose first and let me tell you somebody singles listening right now you don't know your purpose but you want a relationship and you can't wait for me to go into this relationship pillar you got to know your purpose now you don't have to okay you don't have to (laughs) but the likelihood that you have a successful relationship not knowing your purpose is low and here's why i've said it before When I met my wife, part of the reason I knew she was the woman for me was not just because she was beautiful, not because she is. All right. Not just because I was attracted to her because I was not just because she was industrious as an entrepreneur and successful, but it was because who she was and how she showed up. I knew that being with her, I could advance my purpose on the planet. So why does that matter? Well, because we're both human beings. And as much as I love my wife, sometimes she gets on my nerves. And sometimes I get on her nerves. Okay, let's just keep it real. And sometimes you be asking yourself, why did I get married? And one of the things I remember why I got married to that woman is because at the end of the day, she helps me push my purpose forward on this planet. Even when she's getting on my nerves, even when she makes me happy, even when I'm deep down in love with her, okay? Because relationships, they go through certain fluctuations, all right? We going on three years. Some of y'all who go on 30 years, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about, and y'all heard Love McPherson of 35 years say the same thing. Relationships go through flux, all right? And if you don't know your purpose, that means you don't know yourself. And if you don't know yourself, how can somebody else get to know you? And nobody else can get to know you. If they can't get to know you, how can they really love you? I mean, deeply love and be committed to you. You don't know yourself. You don't know yourself, which means it's probably difficult for you to love yourself. Going back to number one. So that's something else that we're going to talk about at the summit. As a matter of fact, I'll be the speaker bringing the purpose and spirituality pillar to the forefront at the summit. Again, to buy tickets. MurderMediocrity.com. So excellent point, Sal. Thank you for bringing that up. And I think kind of covered a little bit of the relationship pillar, not a whole lot. But what I, what I do want to talk about is the interpretation of love, right? Because when we get into relationship, we talk about love. Remember, some of us, love is, a, is the interpretation of what we thought we saw. We don't really know how to love. We don't really know how to commit. We're going to talk about that at the summit. And then the other thing we're going to talk about is, a lens, the lens that we use to navigate our relationships because a lens creates a perspective 
that will either empower or destroy your future relationships. What lens are you using? And then I'm going to I'm going to teach you how to distinguish the lens and really help. Okay, so something else that we're going to cover at the summit in detail. Did I tell y'all we're going to have support coaches in the room? You're going to have certified coaches in the room to help you through some of this stuff. Man, MurderMediocrity.com. Buy your tickets. Okay. Uh, we got Ronnie. Ronnie, you're on the air. Good morning. This is Ronnie P. on the south side. How you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. Now, listen to what you're saying. You are so correct. You know, I try to uh, express to people, and you take this and ask me what you think. Mm-hmm. Before someone passed, from an illness, stress was first. Always. Then we Always. Have, then we have the nutritionist problem going to the grocery store where there's no food, just poison. Our government is paid to allow us to continue ingesting poison. And we have to concentrate on our health if you want to live for a period of time. And those that have lived as long as they have, they get this illness because we still sometimes continue the same habits. Mm-hmm. So that's what I try to express to people. Very careful at what I eat. Very yes. careful. You got to be. And that's why I wanted to make the point to you to everyone. What you put in your mouth can't kill you. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. Thank you so much, Ronnie, for those comments, brother. Really good comment. Again, hey. Uh, good one. I got another one on food response. Ron, how are you? You're on the air. Yes, good morning. How are you? I'm good. That's great. You know, I, I didn't come in at the beginning of the call. I just came in uh, uh, not too long ago, maybe okay. a few minutes ago. I would like for you to count. Hey, Ron, you got to tune in at 7 a.m., brother. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, just, I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. But it's all good. What, 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 what did you want to share? But what I want to share, because you write on the case, man, I kind of have been teaching this for a long time. Uh-huh. You need to know who your enemy is, yeah. not just on the good part of doing stuff, but who's coming against you. And it's public knowledge, man. Mm-hmm. It was broadcast on uh, Wall Street saying that 85% of the industrial farms here in America is owned by the pharmaceutical company. Yep. So people are scared to even say and mention it because they have so much power. Yeah. They got three lobbyists mm-hmm. for every congressman. Yeah, for every congressman. Yep. And those lobbyists you know, got deep, they got deep pockets. And when I started saying that, they cut me off. <laughs> yeah. But hey, these folks have come after your life. They do not care. So why should you be caring about them and being afraid of them? Because it's been happening. The schools have been killing folks, man. Yeah. So, like they say, stay woke. Wait for us. Yeah. There's a, a documentary out there talking about uh, relating to food. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what the hell? Yeah, great. Everybody should check it out. Yeah, good documentary. Hey, Ron, thanks so much for the phone call, brother. You are definitely on point. He's right. You know, three lobbyists for every congressman, um, deep pockets, they're buying, they're buying the USDA, they're buying the CDC. And that's why, you know, at this, you know, we cannot blindly trust anymore. We're going to talk about that at the summit. 
We're going to talk about some of the, the food choices we make at the summit. Let me let me tell you this. I transformed my relationship with food last year. All right. And, you know, I'm not perfect. I've been talking inputs, outputs, and I'm like, man, I run. I'm healthy. I lift weights. So I don't worry. I don't have to worry about what I eat, blah, blah, blah. And I started realizing that it was taking a toll on my body. I turned 40 years old two years ago, and I realized that my ligaments, my joints just didn't feel the same. I transformed my diet last year. I am in some of the best shape of my life. As a matter of fact, the 41-year-old Linnell would whip the 31-year-old Linnell. I'm telling you that right now. Like, the 41-year-old Linnell would whip the 31-year-old Linnell. I feel great. And I want to take all of the information that I've taken, I've, I've gotten. Dr. Camila Stevenson will be there. She's going to share her journey, her story. We're going to take all of that and spoon feed it to you, okay, at this summit. So you walk away not only with information, but with real life, you know, breakdowns of what it is that you should and should not be doing, not just with diet, but sometimes just simply in supplements, things that you can take that can fight off the free radicals that are in the food. Okay. So I'm gonna cover that next week. I'm gonna talk about the last two pillars. All right. Working money and purpose and spirituality. Cause I want to spend some time talking about returning to Africa. And so let me, let me cover, let me cover that. We'll talk about those next two pillars next week. And I believe I got to check with my wife, but I believe Damon Williams will be on next week as well. I'll have Damon Williams on, on the air. He'll be in here. I'm going to interview him. We're going to spend some time and you know, we're going to laugh <laughs> if that brother's with us, you know, we're going to laugh. All right. So you, you definitely want to check back in next week. Follow me on social media though. That's how you'll know for sure who, who my guest is. Okay. So go out to Instagram, Snapchat, all of that. Follow me at Linnell Harris. Now, if you don't follow me on Snapchat, you want to, because you want to be able to follow my journey in Africa. But let me tell you real quick why this is such a huge experience for me. Now, I've been all over the globe. I've been to over 40 countries, 260 cities all over the globe. Most of these countries were not in Africa. Um, somebody wants me to share the summit information again. You can go to murdermediocrity.com to get that information. Murdermediocrity.com to purchase tickets. And again, just for today, midnight tonight, the tickets go off sale, but they are currently 30% off, okay? 30% off, you can use the 30 off code to purchase your ticket. But here's why returning to Africa is such a big deal for me. I've been to Africa. And when, I, when, when I've gone to Africa, like I said earlier in the show, it's more of an exploration of Africa. And in the last 10 years, I've been on a journey of identity. Who am I? Who am I as a human being, first and foremost? But then who am I as a black man? How did my lineage end up here in America? And so my father, he's been doing research on Ancestry.com. I have been doing research in other places. I've taken three DNA tests. And what I found is that our paternal ancestry started in Burkina Faso, uh, which is north of Ghana. And we are a part of the Lyalin people. Now, in doing my research, what I found is that Burkina Faso, they operate with caste. They have a caste system. What I mean by a caste system is, you know, there are certain tribes that were held in higher esteem than other tribes, okay? 
and Delilah people were uh, of a lower caste. And after doing more research, I found that Burkina Fasans were also known as Nubians. Um, Nubians uh, were uh, basically led the Egyptian dynasty um, in the 21st, 22nd and 23rd dynasty. Um, so all I started gaining, gaining all this information. And as you gain this information, you're like, wow, I mean, this is a part of who I am. This is a part of who I am. And the thing that really sat with me or that really that really resonated with me is. Here I am. A black man. Paternal ancestry from Burkina Faso of the Lyalan people, which was a lower caste which is likely how my ancestor was sold away into slavery because we didn't care. You know, they didn't care about that caste. And the thing I think about is when he stood on the shore of West Africa, when he was enslaved and branded, put in chains, I wonder what went through his mind. If he was thinking whether he would ever see that land again, but not just would he ever see that land again, but would his seed ever see that land again? And my return to Africa is very different from any other trip I've taken to Africa. One, because I was in South Africa, East Africa. I've never been. Well, I've been to Dakar, which is West Africa, but not to the region where my people are from. And my return to West Africa, to Ghana in particular, is important. Because I believe I am the first, likely the first of my ancestor's seed that is going back with the, the sheer purpose of returning so that that ancestor knows that we made it back. We made it back. And I do believe that the return for me and not just for me, but for many of us is a new beginning. So one of the things I'll be doing over there, we're going to be shooting a documentary. There's more information to come on the documentary, but the documentary is going to be about black identity, a return to Africa, because that is where our power is. And when I tell you my purpose is for all of us to live the best life possible. One of the things I know is that identity and purpose is at the very core of that. I'm on a journey for mine. And as I take that journey, I want to bring you along on the journey so you can be on a journey for yours. So keep tuning in. Thank you all for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your blessings. I appreciate each and every one of you. We'll be back again next week, March 4th, um, right before we leave to uh, be with you again. Um, in the meantime, God bless. My name is Linnell Harris. You've been listening to Inspirational Perspective right here on WVON, 1690 AM, the real talk of Chicago. God bless you, everyone.